have you ever had someone to reschedule and you're so relieved because, oh my God, I could use the extra time to prepare or whatever it is. Or maybe the importance of the interview was so built up that you felt this pressure. Um, well, that happened with this interview. Danielle Laporte, she's like such a legend. And so we had this date locked in the calendar and I was like, you know, getting stressed. I don't know. Like I tried to read her book and it was like so deep. I couldn't rush through it. I'm like, oh my God, I should have started her book like a month ago. Uh, and then she canceled the interview and rescheduled it for a week later. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so good. <laughs> and then we finally just talked and it's like sometimes these things get built up in your mind so much. Like they're so important to you that you get nervous to dive in. Anyways, these conversations of the heart mean a lot to me because, well, it's, it's what we're all living. It's the unseen world. It's the inner world. You know, as much as I love to talk about all sorts of different topics, these really are my favorites. So, you know, being the legend that she was, I, I, I was like, man, can I even hold a conversation with this woman? She's so advanced. She's so self-aware. I mean, I feel like a, a kindergarten kid. But I mean, it goes back to that old thing. I, I, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You could probably relate. It's, it's so fun to be in the room and learn from everyone around you. I, I thrive in that environment. But for some reason, it still stresses me out. <laughs> I'm not going to be the smart person, and I'm stressed about that. However, when I'm there, I just relish and soak it in. So I just had that experience with this incredible woman. She's got a new book out. You should definitely check out the links in the bio. But let me just jump right into it with Danielle here. I know you're probably tuned in because uh, you know who she is. She's very famous, and you want to hear what she's up to. Um, I will tell you this real quick. She is coming to an event in Vancouver on April 15th. It's called In Bloom. It's a love and relationships summit at the Fairmont Waterfront Hotel in Vancouver. In this room, you're going to be interacting with some of the top relationship experts. Esther Perel, Dr. Alexander Solomon, Terry Real, Terry Cole-ish Major. I'm sure you know some of these big names. You're going to have a chance to immerse yourself with a day of learning, food, shopping at a self-care market. It's a whole thing, okay? You bring your partner. You don't have to, but it'd be fun to bring your partner. My wife and I are going. You know, these things, they can change your life, these kind of events. So if you're looking to strengthen your relationship and connect with like-minded people, I mean, come and join us April 15th. We have, we have a deal, actually. Kid Carson 25, that's the promo code. Get 25 bucks off the ticket price. There'll be some fun stuff going on too. Free love advice from Sean Galenos of the Love Drive podcast. You know, whether you decide to come in person or virtually, you're going to be inspired. The brightest minds, the deepest hearts, the most relatable stories and love. Anyways, if you're into it, we'll see you there. I'm going to put the link in my bio. And today we're going to have a little taste of what you'll experience at In Bloom. Hello, love. There she is. How are you? Good. Where are you in the city? I'm in the lobby of the Paradox Hotel. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I just want to say, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I, I knew when it all went down, I just like, you'll rise. These things need to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a quite a journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> quite a journey. Mm -hmm. um, which is, it's very timely that we're having this conversation now. Because I do feel like over the last couple of years, my, my heart's been broken like, several times. And um, uh, you talk about in the book how, well, how our heart is still there and it's still beaming and shining. And, but you talk about the emotional cloud sort of blocking it because of our thinking patterns and whatnot. Anyways, I, I thought 
man, I listened to you and Mark Groves uh, talk on, on his podcast and it was just, it blew me away. And I felt like, I, then I started having imposter syndrome. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to talk to her? You, you guys were like dueling poets, like the way you speak about matters of the heart. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be weird when she talks to me. I'll be like, hi there. So let's talk about the heart. <laughs> no, I've been looking forward to talking to you because one, I always love to connect with a Canadian. There's just uh, this kind of like affinity, right? Yeah. And then also, I mean, can I just go like super metaphysical right away? Yeah, of course. I love that. Yeah. Um, crucifixion is necessary to like really become your leader self. And another another term for crucifixion is just expansion, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one thing I talk about in, in How to Be Loving is people in the self-help wellness space tend to think of shining as like, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to show up and I'm going to be like the glowiest person in the room. And that's not what it is at all. It's that we go through these experiences and all of our masks get decimated, burned. It's the burning, it's the mm. burning. And I'm really interested in, it's almost like this, um, well, it's not a requisite, but it's like, I want to know if people have died before I talk to them. You mm. know, it's like, wow. have, you been, have you been burned yet? Ah, great. Then we can really have a conversation, you know, or just like, do you have a before and an after? Oh, excellent. We have mm. something to talk about now. Yeah. And you can see, and you know what? It's not age dependent. You can see people and you think it's coming. Mm. She's in denial. It's coming. Mm. whatever it is. And, um, and sometimes, you know, the burning, it just like comes out of nowhere, blindsides you, as I'm sure your yours did. I've had a few myself and, um, aren't you better for it? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm still in it, but yes. You're right. Oh, do you want to talk about still being in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> What's the in it? I feel like you're going to send me a $500 bill after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can just have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I, uh, no, I mean, I think that collectively we've all been through a lot and that we all have our own stories within that. You know, I guess there are things that just happen and everything's happening so quickly. There isn't really time to heal, I guess. Yes. And most of us don't know really how to heal. That's a big statement. Like, for example, like a couple of things on my list are like, uh, you know, losing a, a mentor that I thought had my best interest who didn't mm -hmm. having an employer who I thought appreciated me who, who didn't, and then losing like a best friend who just sort of ghosted. Mm -hmm. And then like, and then, and even like a strained marriage where things are just, you know, mm -hmm. there's so much going on. Um, so I guess a lot of that compounding, it, it gets a little bit, it's funny how I feel now though, is when I experience something so pure and beautiful and loving, it almost hits me so hard. Yeah. Or, you know, if someone does something kind for you, it hits me so much more now than it used to. Yes. Those tears that being moved so much more easily, like that's really, I think the awakening, like we become more gentle. Like if you go through all the light, all the challenges, everybody, you know, different. I, I, I thought that was very astute. Like, 
everybody's been through their own kind of challenge in these last couple of years. Not everybody has had, has been publicly shamed. Not everybody has had their career, up, you know, career upheaval, all these things, which I've experienced in different ways, you know, prior to all of this, which I think has prepared me to, well, to have this conversation. <laughs> but, um, my experience is like, if that stuff does not make you more gentle and more grateful for how life really works and the power of community and that relationships are everything in life, then you've, you've missed it. Mm. You've missed it. And then like another two by four is going to come again till you get it. So it's like, that's the medicine. Um, this is, you know, our fellow Vancouverite, this is really the teaching of Eckhart of, you know, a new earth. This is it warriors that feel everything and you know you're we're all learning to be more inclusive this is the this is really the lesson in this really you know all this global fuckery is mm. um there are no sides choose the side that includes everybody you talk a little bit about enlightenment in the book i haven't gotten through the whole thing i'm sort of um getting my way in there but you talk about enlightenment and how the more divided we are that's what separates us from the the wholeness or the oneness, which is how you describe. How do you describe enlightenment? You put it in such a great way in the book. What did I say? Uh, I think enlightenment is you realize that you are connected to something bigger. Enlightenment is you finally you get. And I mean, it's, it's not many of us are there, but we're on our way. Is you get that we're all interconnected. Your happiness matters to me, vice versa, hopefully. You realize like you're bigger, you're bigger. You have, there's your universal intelligence is on your side and you see who you are. There's no more illusion of like, I'm a small self. I'm a separate self. I have to do all these things to prove my worth. I am my body. I am my job. I am my income. I am my car. That's all ego stuff. Most of us hear the term ego and we think bravado, too big for your britches, baller, right? Mm. That's one part. The other part of the ego is insecurity, overly re reserved, not showing up, right? All of that is, it's just this dance. It's this ridiculous illusion. You're actually not small. You're powerful, but you have to get aligned with like the right power. So power becomes about, I'm going to, I'm going to magnetize things to me because I vibrate at the frequency of love and inclusion and compassion and joy and all those things. Magnetic, you radiate, it comes to you as opposed to I'm going to strive. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to slay it. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, hustle and grind culture. Where does it get us? It gets us more addicted to stuff. It gets us um, more. It's just more illusion. Mm. And then what happens? Life shakes you. It says, guess what? That's actually not the career for you. That's not, you know, for lots of us. Oh, that's not actually, that's not the person for you you uh, or you know let's um 
let's bring you to your knees so you see what really matters. Mm. And sometimes it's illness for lots of us, but all those things are opportunities for expansion. And, you know, my prayer is always like, I hope you get the expansion when it comes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because for some people, it just turns them into bitter, closed up and bitter. Yeah, that's the word, bitter and angry. It seems to be really, because I've experienced that, that uh, living life like a human magnet, and it just comes to you in, mm. in tidal waves. I know what that feels like. And it's easy to do when you have momentum, and it's happening, and you're coming, and you're like, I'm just going to keep doing more of this. How do you get that going mm. when you're in a place where you're like, maybe... <laughs> everything's being pushed away from you that might feel Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. well manifestation is a technology and anybody can do it Mm -hmm. so the basics are you get really clear on what it is that you want you come up with the visual there's the vignette you see yourself on the podium getting the medal and then you water that vision every day it's like you don't set it and forget it every day you're calling in your intelligence you got to sense it you taste it what's the the what's the texture of the air the quality of the lighting you see it you feel it you affirm it it's basic anybody can do this you don't have to be spiritual you don't have to be secure you don't have to have past success this is just you know cause and effect what i'm more interested in is wanting the right things. And I think when you use desire on behalf of like, I really want to leave the world better. I think your chances of manifesting are more increased. I think the universe wants to generate more love. The universe is always supporting a higher choice. And so mm-hmm. you're, you, the odds are in your favor If you're going like, you still get to want the car and you still get to want the money and all you can, and the love of your life and all those things. But the question that changes everything is who am I going to help when I get it? How does me being fulfilled uh, benefit anybody else? That's it. So like, you know, one thing I I say in how to be loving is like the days of the self-centered bucket list are over because look where it's gotten us. We got adrenal fatigue, we're burnt out, we're polarized, we're divided. I think part of the, you know, the health political situation that's gone on the last three years is because of, you know, greed and us wanting for the wrong things. We don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. Mm. And you mentioned something about the shift that you made when you wrote this book from being emotionally driven to being focused on uh, what you wanted to embody. Can you expand on that? The heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the old question used to be, how do I want to feel? A lot of speaking gigs taught me that a lot of people, men and women don't have that as it's not on their agenda. What do you mean? I mean, I'm working on a law firm. It doesn't matter how I feel. I was talking, I did a gig once at UBC university of British Columbia and um, had some young people come up to me and say, how do I want to feel? I just need to become my accountant. My dad's paying my tuition. Like, I was like, "Mm, this is a recipe for Prozac, (laughs) right? So wake up to that first and you get it. And it's like, your feelings matter. Get clear on how you want to feel. And then that becomes this 
global positioning system for your life, right? And then you have to get beyond that. So I was in a really dark place in my life, panic attacks, anxiety, really questioning my relationship to my career. Was I ever going to do this again? Everything, everything. A friend called me. She didn't know what I was going through and said, uh, she just kind of went first. I was expecting, you know, I wanted everybody to call me and check in with me. I was in just this rough place. And I did what good friends do and listened and got off the phone. And I thought, you know, I'm in the depths of my despair. And I feel great because I was loving Mm. and I felt love and I felt support. I felt spirit on my side, helping me be a loving friend. And then it was just like this little epiphany in my living room in East Van that my fulfillment was not about me feeling good. That me being like on purpose and powerful was not about me being in a good mood. Mm. And that led me more to get clear on what love is, because love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a state of consciousness. You just have to wake up to be in it. Um, love doesn't come and go. I mean, you love your kids eternally. There's no, you know, it's the, it's the foundation. And that I want to be, I want to be radiant no matter what anybody says about me. I want to be loving no matter what kind of mood my partner is in. I want to be resilient and compassionate, whether I'm in shape or not, or my body's well or ill that day. I don't want to be thrown off center. I want to be powerful, like really powerful. So then it's about choosing like, what do I want to be no matter what? And that's what embodiment is. So what, um, can I ask you, like, Mm -hmm. what do you want to be no matter what? Like what energy do you want to you want to radiate this. What is it? I mean, some of the things that you just said. Yeah. I want to be, yeah, I want to be love. Yeah. I want to, like the my favorite thing about being on the radio all those years was bringing someone on the air and talking about what great thing they're doing, whether it's a charity or a documentary they're working on or a book they've written or whatever it is. I love I love putting people on the spotlight and and putting energy on them and and for them to be excited about it, you know. I and so like loving, sharing, giving. No matter what's I going love on, that. right? Yeah, no matter whatever, what's yeah. going on at home, no matter who's on the other side of the mic with you, mm. and that is power. Like you know, somebody in my membership, I have a heart heart centered membership. It's a really sweet community, spiritual support. And somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, well, how do I be loving if I don't want to be loving? Because it's hard. Well, this is what it means to really be a grown up, to really be conscious. And everybody, we all do it all the time. Like you want to tell someone to go pound sand and, and you don't, you say the kind thing, Mm. you know, there's, so many reasons to disagree with so many people right now yeah and you do the loving thing and you you get a little more inquisitive 
um, you know, I talk a lot about finding common ground, you know, these, this, it's heartbreaking what's happening right now mm. in every sector of society. And I have this very small, easy practice, which is when I'm not seeing eye to eye with somebody or I feel all judgy because they're being, you know, whatever I judge to not be cool. Uh, I just shrug. It's, it's really important that you shrug when you do this. It's like part of the practice. You got to shrug and you just go, oh, I've done that before. <laughs> it's like i've been arrogant before mm, yeah. i've been closed-minded i thought i had all the answers i've been late um i've been dishonest oh i've done that before and then mm. it gets the ego mind to just chill you build a little bridge and you change your tone i mean you know how important tone is mm. in conversation and sometimes you're holding in all your judgment, but you just change the tone, changes everything. Mm. You've got a great tone, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, very good tone. Do you want to talk about how to heal? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. It was yeah. an that was an important point you made that lots mm. of us don't know how to heal. In the wellness space, specifically, because I know we're also going to talk about me speaking in Vancouver on what am I speaking? April fourteenth, fifteenth, fifteenth. In the wellness space, there's this hyper-motivational way to go after things, which is all about overcoming your fear. And I think this is so damaging because you create your fear. I mean, there's lots of things that can scare you, external and people and all of that, but it's a function of the mind. You get to, you choose what you're going to be afraid of. Mm. And if you try and push away, repress, ostracize something that you made, it's just going to talk louder. So no more overcoming fear. You engage with a conversation um, and then you become the parent of your fear. Like heard you, got you, check. Um, and we're still going to do what we're going to do. That's mm. the power and that's the healing. Yeah. And then that's there's forgiving, great. forgiving all the people who betrayed you. And how do you forgive? Um, you find the common ground. You decide that you deserve ease. You deserve, you deserve to have a regulated nervous system that you deserve to be free. And then if possible, if possible, you find some gratitude in the situation. Like um, because of your betrayal, I made a zillion new friends. I learned how strong I am. Um, I've expanded. Thank you, honorable opponent. Thank you. Mm. Um, so blessings for all that. And we're complete here. You don't have to entertain anything else. We're complete. And before all of that, you might want to just 
it might not be the time to forgive. And I think we need to be compassionate for that, like with ourselves, with that, like, you can also pray for guidance to forgive. Like, I don't want to forgive. I got really fucked over. I'm still pulling shrapnel out of my life. Um, can I get some guidance here? Mm-hmm. Maybe you can decide to forgive next year. Yeah. Yeah. Side note. Yeah. Maybe this is too personal of a question, but I'm just curious. Like, for example, when you pray for guidance, yeah. how are you praying or who are you praying to? I know we all have our different versions of that. I'm just curious what, what your version is. I pray to that which keeps us alive. I think a lot about breath, like something amazing is making sure I breathe and it's beyond my body. Like there is a universal intelligence Mm. that's keeping it all going. Uh, So I use the term God, but God for me is way different than it was when I went to Catholic high school in Windsor, Ontario. I feel like I pray to the force that loves everything enough to keep it alive like whatever's in the trees is in me. And sometimes I'll just pray to the Holy Spirit, like spirit, I need a hand today. Yeah. yeah. What, like, if we were to compare each other, you know, in levels of self-awareness, you're like a black belt and I'd be like a white belt. How, how did you what propelled you like to to become so self-aware did did you ever experiment with for example like a psychedelic that really showed you visually wow there is something more than me or was this sort of an, an intuitive thing that developed over time uh i did i've done my share of psychedelics where i'm at now on that is it's not for me any longer and i might change my mind like i might go out i mean everybody's heading to the island and do some ayahuasca. Um, And maybe I will do that someday if I feel called. I feel like, you know, that stuff for me right now is, I think it can create a big mess. I've actually seen a lot of people come back from trips, you know, psychedelic journeys, and they dismantle a lot of stuff that just think this is really destructive. Like you don't need to get a divorce. You don't need to quit your job. You just, you need to, you need to just go for a walk every day and commune with yourself and do it the hard way. Like there's a lot of like this life hacking bullshit Mm. of, um, you know, I just heard somebody yesterday that we all know, like, you know, spirituality hacks. You don't need to meditate. I can meditate in three minutes and get the same result. No, you can't. No, you can't. You got to do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like saying, oh, I can just say I love you once in a relationship and then it's all going to be good. No, no, you got to keep doing it. Uh, so psychedelics had their place for me. Um, suffering, kid. Suffering mm. has been, you know, like there's this great Buddhist teacher. He's, he's passed away now. Um, Alan Watts, great Zen guy professed drunk. He's like this amazing drunk Buddhist all the time. (laughs) He'd say, there's always going to be suffering. The trick is to not suffer over the suffering. So it's going to happen. There's going to be challenges. As soon as you get into like, woe is me. I'm the victim. Why me? I mean, why me can actually be a really powerful question. Um, It's just suffering on top of suffering. It's like, 
Instead, this is happening. I am hugely responsible for attracting it, even the tragic stuff. I'm going to leave lots of room for mystery. Like, why did I attract, attract this? And how am I going to get through this? Don't always know. Um, but it's, ha- it's all the suffering is happening to expand you. All of it. Is that true that Alan Watts was a drunk? For real? Yep. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. This, this is a great thing about like, when you really study um, spiritual teachers, like many of them had their thing, like oh. lots of suffering for sure. But it's like um, Krishnamurti, a great Eastern mystic who moved to Ojai and created a school and, you know, Italian loafers and, you know, drove convertibles and it was gorgeous. Uh, he had severe migraines. And, you know, really had physical suffering. Um, Ram Das, who died a couple of years ago, formerly Dick Alpert, Alpert, who was like one of the forebearers of psychedelics at Harvard, got kicked out of Harvard because he's like, we're onto something with this acid, you know, uh, had a stroke. There's lots of, I mean, I, and you know, and I'm, I'm in the space of wellness authors, lots of us writing about relationships and deep struggle. Um, Lots of functional medical doctors really having to go through their own physical challenges. And on the other side of the challenge, every one of us is a little more of a healer for people. Mm. Even comedians, a lot of the greats find out later in a documentary that they were deeply depressed and you go, wow. Richard Pryor, um, Robin Williams, a lot of them. I think that's how we like, we hold the light. And we hold the dark. Uh, yeah. What about like a guy like Alan Watts? Do you think something like that? He's a drunk, which is because I, I love Alan Watts, you know, half it's over my head, but it just brings me peace. And I catch little pieces here and there and I can listen to the same talk a thousand times. And it's like the first time it's almost in a riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think some of these people are almost hypersensitive that they need to somehow dial it down mm-hmm. a, a little bit with like a guy like Alan Watts who, I, this is the first time I've heard that he was a drinker. Mm-hmm. Is that some? Is that a way to cope with hypersensitivity to the world, or any thoughts on that? It's a great question. I think everybody's got their demons. Mm. Everybody, you have your demons, you have your karma. Um, even you know, I think in the self-help space, like we tend to glamorize the black belts. And we forget the journey towards that wisdom. I mean, again, to mention Eckhart, uh, he suffered horribly. Mm. You know, he had this, he was depressed and suicidal for many years. And I think it was like, he was really getting ready to end his life when he had his enlightenment experience. And then when that enlightenment experience happened, said it was like another three years of just kind of wandering around aimlessly trying to like reacclimate into just this life as this, you know, more illuminated being. Mm. And, you know, that saying, you know, chop before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Mm. It's like, you still got to do the fucking laundry. Right. And 
<laughs> and that is spiritual too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I no longer, I have less judgment. I mean, I got lots of judgment still, but I don't have as much judgment as I used to about people's roles. Like look at these last three years. It's been so amazing. Like who's going to be the hero? Did not expect that guy to be telling the truth or their version of the truth, mm. you know, or you never know who, who's going to bear the brunt or bear the yeah. light. Yeah. 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 How do you describe spirituality? Uh, thinking with love. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cause you got a mind and you use it to totally mess up your life, drive yourself crazy. And you have, love you have that heart consciousness so why don't you let your heart call the shots and then use your great intelligence to like pull it off get stuff done do what you do on behalf of loving kindness mm. great now strategize mm. you, you mentioned something in the book about relearning lessons or lessons that keep popping up into your life even after you've done some of the hard work and then you're confronted with the fact that, oh my God, I feel the same wound again, or I'm still a moron. You're still a new age loser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think most of us are going to deal with the same three or four themes for most of a lifetime. And when I, that first occurred to me, I, I thought that's depressing. But then I like the other side is like, that's great. I've just got like three, four, five things. These are my big themes, my themes around abandonment or betrayal or neglect, or I never belong, or I never got enough or whatever, whatever your thing is. Like everybody listening right now, how's your thing? What's the, what's your pain point? What's the reason you're in therapy, coaching, all the stuff. And the upside of that is it's only five things. It's only three or four major themes. You can perfect it. You can work through it. You can, you're going to make some progress. You're going to heal. You're going to become more of a winner in this area. I think the lessons keep coming back because the soul is merciful. Like you actually get the lesson when you have the capacity to heal it. And it doesn't feel that way. It's like the challenge comes and you're like, I can't handle this. This is chaotic. I don't have the money. I don't have a backup plan. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the nature of challenge. It's disruptive. It's alarming. But if you just stop, you realize like you got friends, you got a house over your head. Depends who you are. You might have enough money in the bank to take some time off to weather the storm. You have tools, you know, so much more. You're so much wiser. You know, if the same challenge would have hit you 10 years ago, you might've been in the psych ward. You might've been crushed, but like you're wiser, you're stronger, you're resilient. People love you. You know about vitamin D and zinc and sunshine, and maybe you got a good naturopath. Like you have the resources to get through the challenge and it'll loop. My experience is like my lessons, you know, like my thing was always like, I'm on the outside. I'm always on the outside. And um, what, does that, what does that mean? You're on the outside. Well, it's like, for me, it's like all my friends got an Oprah. Hmm. I didn't get on Oprah. I mean, I got some Oprah stuff in my life and all that, but okay. what they, they got on the show. Why didn't I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, always that, or, um, 
they got a million followers before I got, you know, it's like, it's a, Mm. it's a career thing. Right. Right. But I am who I am and I have a story around being on the outside. I reframed that to like, you know what? I actually like being on the edge. My stuff is often like just a lit, something's just a little bit ahead of its time. So I don't get the response I want. Um, and a bit of it is like this sob story that I need to get over. It's like, I grew up in this little town. I was an only child. I mm. was a little bit precocious. So it really left this imprint on me. Mm. Um, That's very relatable. We all have our own thing. Yeah. All have our own thing comes around again. So like, you know, we all get a little more successful, which means maybe our relationships get a little more intimate, more fulfilling. That's success. Maybe we really hit this stride with parenting. That's success. Maybe we make the money we want to make, or we get the recognition. Maybe, you know, the depression dissolves and we feel just happier every day. Maybe we're stronger physically. We hit those things. My experience is we get those degrees of success and the challenge, the old theme, instead of it coming around every six months, comes around every year. Or the betrayal, you don't get betrayed, you know, yearly. It's like every five years. (laughs) Just so you can perfect the lesson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's nice not to get betrayed annually. It's a nice yeah. thing. That's a nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we talk a little bit about men? Yeah, let's and, do it. I mean, most of my audience is, I'd say like, you know, 70% women, 30% men. So if you're a man, maybe this will hit with you. Or if you're a woman listening, it's um, you, you maybe perhaps you're with a man. Um, wait, wait, before we get in, yeah. before we talk about men, yeah. why do you think that your audience is predominantly women? My career, I always worked at pop pop radio stations with Bruno Mars and Brittany and Lady Gaga. That was always my thing. Right. Right. So right. I'm just going on statistics on my, the ratings would always be mostly women and where some of my buddies wanted to work at the rock station. And I'm like, Hey, if I'm outside on the street, I'd rather have some women run up to me saying, I love your show rather than a bunch of dudes running up to me saying, I a love bunch your of show. Bangers saying, yeah, I <laughs> love it. Yeah. So I always loved working <laughs> at a female, you know, <laughs> Uh, radio station. And then like on Instagram, I think most of my followers are women. So that's why, that's why I say that. Um, Although I, I, I really appreciate my male followers too, because they tend to be a little more heart centered and um, less bravado and just, you know, a little more, a little little more Mm self-aware. There seems to be almost like this really weird thing that's happening, almost like an attack on, on men in society. Well, I mean, the intention is to become whole people, right? And whole people are loving and strategic. <laughs> a whole person is feminine and masculine. A, you know, a, a whole person is sensing and directing. And every one of us is transmitting all of those qualities at different times. Some of us more than others, you know, lots of women carrying more masculine energy than more feminine energy. So that's the energetic level. Now there are real characteristics, irrefutable characteristics to those different types of energies, just like 
Red is red and pink is pink and blue is blue. Feminine is feminine and masculine is masculine. And um, I think you just have to, you know, this is what I want to say to men. How successful are your relationships? And how do you feel when you crush the goal? And that will tell you where you need to grow. So are you getting the degree of intimacy, adoration, ease, and challenge in your relationships? Because it is a masculine feminine setup, divine setup, I think, where the feminine, mostly women, will challenge the man to expand. And the masculine will invite the woman to focus we balance each other out we're better together mm. um and we have to look at the state of the world like the patriarchy is toxic so you know this is the downside of the, the shadow side of this conversation is men get bashed and we hear a lot about toxic masculinity and all that stuff is rampant but it doesn't mean that masculinity is a bad thing. It's a beautiful, essential, critical energy for every being and the planet. Need it, gotta have it. Yeah, but it's out of balance. So too much masculinity is greed, bravado, um, scientism, egocentric, exploitive, always looking for a deal. Hypermasculinity wants to dominate. Everybody loses. Men lose because of that. They lose the relation. They lose the woman. They lose the, they lose the opportunity to have beautiful relationships with their parents and their children. Um, they lose their connection with the divine. So if you just want to bring it down to the practical, how your relationships and how do you feel when you crush your goal? Mm. Because I've talked to a lot of successful men, athletes, you know, high performers in different industries. And I hear all the time, not all the time. I hear a lot. Um, yeah, I bagged that goal. I got the trophy, all the things. And I was empty when I got there. Mm. And, you know, we crushed it on Friday and Monday morning I had a new goal. And then eventually they realize, and usually this is through like a divorce or a car accident or bankruptcy, that they were going after what they wanted because their dad never told them that they loved them. Wow. You know, it's some kind of proving and just get in touch with that. Mm. Get in touch with why you're chasing what you're chasing and all the healing, all the healing is in that answer. Why are you chasing what you're chasing? Yeah. Why are you chasing what you're chasing? Wow. That's a big one. And you can stay on the same path. Like you can realize, fuck, I have been, I've been pursuing, I've been on this path, this relentless path for whatever your version of success is. Um, because I wanted to prove something to my parents or whatever, there's some kind of proving, some kind of emptiness. And you can have that revelation and deal with the pain and the grief of all of that, which is what therapy is for and is a great thing. Um, and you can still stay on the same path. 
doesn't mean you have to quit being a, an athlete or sell your dealership. Um, you can be using your talents uh, and, you know, keep going with that. Just mm. use them for a different reason. Like let the, let the striving go and go crush it because of joy. Go crush it because you're in love with your family. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Changing your why. Change your why. Yeah. Well, that's great. So April 15th. Oh yeah. Let's talk about really speaking at bloom. Yeah. We better get the plug in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Let me tell I'm you, I'm are excited you coming? I, I am. I'm coming with my, oh, good. my wife and I, my wife Hanan and I are going to come. We've never seen you speak live. Super excited. Oh, this is good. We can hug. Well, first of all, um, Robin Ducharme, who's organizing this conference, she has an organization, a company called real love ready. And this was a dream. Like this is a great entrepreneurial story. I want to help people have better relationships. She started doing some podcasts, some interviews. I want to do the best conference ever. And she's just doing it. Just like there's a marketplace. There's some of the wisest people in relationships coming. Esther Perel, you know, bow Terry real, who my man and I, I have actually done some like virtual therapy classes with um, my friend, Terry Cole is going to be there talking about boundaries, healthy boundaries. And I am going to be there talking about opening when you want to close, keeping your heart open when you want to um, storm out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about kind of how to be the bigger person. Right. Um, yeah. I'm talking about real intimacy, really, which is like you get real with your thought pattern and you see how your thought is driving your righteousness in your relationship and you end up not getting what you want which is just actual real heart connection mm. yeah it's going to be a juicy day and a half yeah yeah we can't wait be a lot of fun um and and let's can we talk about the book real quick um how to be loving as your heart is breaking open and the world is waking up yeah. it's really about i mean people who are going through it it's it's uh it's not like a quick read you got to give yourself some time Take it Believe in. me, I, I tried to do a quick read for this interview. <laughs> I'm like, it's not happening. <laughs> you did pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's about moving from like just tolerating your own crap to like actually respecting all the stuff you're going through. It's about, you know, I've got some great tools on how we mend this bridge of all the polarity that we're in. And um, it's about gentleness, which is, by the way, I consider counterculture, but it's the medicine and all the teachers that I resonate with the most have suffered and have been more gentle on the other side and are accessible. I mean, you do get to the point of like, it's all God, it's all spiritual. doesn't matter what role you're in. You can bring your loving heart to it. And I, I believe this is my, this is my soapbox conclusion. I think everybody on some level, definitely everybody listening to the Kid Carson show knows that love is the game changer. We know that relationships are the most important thing in our life, whether it's like, you know, with our spouses or, or our customers, our listeners, whatever it matters. Love is what the loving exchange is the reason for our health. 
our joy, our prosperity, our longevity, good politics, all of it. We need to have the courage to bake it into all of the systems. We need to have the courage to talk about it and to have it be part of the bottom line. And, you know, what's an educational system look like that's loving? What did politics look like that's got loving kindness at the center? Definitely does not look like what's going on now. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Pew is right. You're the goat. Let's hug. You're the goat. (laughs) I can't wait to see you on the 15th. Yeah. Uh, This is great. Thanks for making the time to chat today. This has been really, really great, really soothing for the soul. Mm, Thank you. Really looking forward to this. 